Golden Mile took the lead from Agenia sticking on. Likewise, Nugget, Waterford, the inevitable coming down the outside, but Golden Mile's got a good kick. The inevitable flashing home on the outside. Golden Mile in front wins the Theo Marks. Down now, Mr. Brightside Williams hasn't moved. Alligator Blood joined by Mr. Brightside who lets rip at the 150. Mr. Brightside three quarters a length. Alligator Blood and comes clear. Mr. Brightside a mile marble. What a performance. Zaki races, two lengths clear. Think it over. Now he gets off heels. It's Zaki a length in front. Think it over's coming. Zaki in front. Think it over. They lifted by Nash. Yes, got up. Here's Amelia's Jewel about to let down hands and heels. Amelia's Jewel up to life lessons. Who fights? Amelia's Jewel a neck, a heart life lessons. Second again, you are my gods. I wake up and pray to you every morning. <laughs> <laughs> what you got it's on? a fill up. It's an absolute fill up. Fill up. Heard it here, boys. Today, lads, the funniest story on second again has to be Jacko and Private Eye last year, where he just was so horny about the fluctuations. 550, 6, 650. Just, shit just cracked me up. How about you've been following the second again, boys, all afternoon and you're absolutely filled your boots. Your RMs have got bloody cash popping out the sides of the things and you think, how could this day get any better? Anyway, Belmont rolls around 200 to go. Magnificent Andy looms large and absolutely bolts in. Five to one, too. Jesus Christ. G'day, legends, and welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. I am Nick, obviously joined by Jackson. We are currently operating over a Zoom-type setup but that's okay because it doesn't seem to matter, mate. It does not seem to matter where we operate from, whether we're side by side, whether we're looking across from each other or whether we're across the old Wi-Fi, Ethernet cable or whatever they call it over here. It just doesn't matter. The winners keep on falling. Yeah, it doesn't matter, mate. Thursday night, Friday night, we're going to Melbourne tomorrow. I was at a seminar last week. You're looking after the missus. It's all happening, mate. And it, you know what happens? Winners ensue. Simple as. My God, when you have a look at the statistics and look, we are always wary, like we were last week. We're always wary of the humbling game that is racing. But yeah, you can't help but get a little bit excited about what's going on at second head, second again headquarters at the moment. And look, the punters everywhere are pumped. Like, I want to give a big shout out to a couple. Henry, big shout out to you. Yep. Maga, huge shout out to you. And we obviously had uh, Kai and Ryan as well. That was sent in from Jacob Harrington. Good to hear a couple of the boys having a bit of a fill-up, mate. Always is, mate. And not to mention the the tens and dozens and dozens of messages that flew through on the Saturday and after that, mate. It was just an absolute avalanche, like I said, a fortnight ago, mate. Just great to see all the punters getting on board and, and good to see, uh, you know, they're following us closely. There were races where, like, I actually just didn't have an ability to watch. Like, I might have been, you know, getting lunch, doing something different, maybe a bit of uni work. I just... 
couldn't, I just missed, right? My phone would then vibrate 37 times going, fuck yeah, how good's this? Another one, <laughs> buckets full of money. Like this is the, this is the messages I'm receiving. My favorite, my highlight of the weekend is, is there's a great man out there who I hope does listen, goes by the name of Cody Matthews. Um, not a horse punter in any way, but he messaged me pissed as a parrot at seven o'clock on Saturday night. And he, he decided to have $10 on our first, our first tip for the day. And at one sadness, yeah. and sadness. He, he just backed everything from there on out and ended up paying yeah. for, I don't know what he paid for in the end, but my house. mate, there's, there's nothing better than playing with house money early doors. If you can get a couple early and especially at big prices like Satness was 11 bucks, that just got the boys rolling and we know what happened from there, mate. Unbelievable. few stats for you. Got a few stats for you. I gave you some stats last week. So we hit 10 winners last week previously. This is the week before. I know it seems like ancient history when a week like this comes around, but we've actually done this twice in a row now. The weekend that went by, we tipped in 21 races for 10 winners. We had five mm. winners in Sydney, four in Melbourne, and one obviously over on the gravel. <laughs> seven Quinellas tipped, and we tipped four winners of those seven at an average price of $8. And the average yep. price winner for our 10 winners out of 21 tips was also $6.70. Wow. Well, I, I didn't even know that, mate. I've just obviously had the head down, just buried into form. But when you sit back and, and look at that, mate, and we're not here to suck each other off. As you're saying, something you stuck with me last week before we, we capped off the show, we said, yep, we've had a good week. We've had 10 winners. The main thing is don't double your bets. Just stay within your means, stay the course, play the way you normally play. And you know what we backed up 10 winners with, Ned? 10 fucking winners. What an absolute <laughs> fill up, mate. It's unbelievable. And please... Same goes this weekend. Like, if anything, be more cautious this weekend because the game is cruel. Yep. The game is cruel. Stick yep. your bets. Don't double down. This is not where we give it all back. This is where we continue to build going into the big ones. And it's a long spring as well. We, we're right at the beginning of spring. I know the good horses are back, but many of them are still first and second up, and we'll see a few of those on the weekend. There's such a long spring ahead of us. There's no need to just do your ass in and, and just double your bet because you think we're going well. There's, as you say, Ned, there's weeks where you just go super well, but this is a very fickle game and it can knock you on your ass from time to time. But we put the time in and we live with the results. For sure. It's certainly a little bit of a thinner week this week as well in terms of the talent. Um, we will get to that a little bit later on. We've obviously got meetings in Sydney and Melbourne once again. But I think we better go through a couple of the, of the really impressive winners on the weekend. I thought the Zaki versus Think It Over race was a fantastic race in the end. I think that last 300 metres where Nash was sort of trailing Zaki and Chad Schofield. And you weren't sure if he was going to get there, but then he sort of peeled and clipped off heels. And then you thought, well, I was on Zaki and I was cringing. Yeah. Like, I was, oh, he's just too strong, Nash. And and you said to me straight after the race that if you swap jockeys, you probably swap the results, right? He's just, and even Flindell, give Flindell credit for his call on that race because that was an amazing call. He knew that Nash hadn't got there yet, but he saw what he was getting out of the horse. And obviously you've seen click up over the last hundred meters and check him off at the perfect time. And I think that horse is going to still go on and do good things up, you know, up, I think he's an eight year old now or seven year old. Yeah. He's, but he's up there either way. Seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was a fantastic race. We obviously got that one right as well, which is always nice. Private eye was fantastic. And he's obviously got himself an Everest slot now. 
um, $10 there, stepping up to a 1,200 metres next time out. You, you'd only think that he's going to improve and continue to do good things as well. You look at his, he ran second in Everest last year, if I'm correct, um, in that blanket finish with Giga Kick. So he goes in probably as good um, as last year. So you'd have to think he'd be a really good chance in a race like that. Yeah, I've actually, uh, as we speak, then I've just got a statue being sized up outside uh, for <laughs> Private Eye with uh, with Nash aboard. So, but that was the answer, wasn't it? Getting Nash aboard this horse, and I spoke about the trial in the preview. He was just he looked ready to go and had some setbacks and a few excuses last prep. You got to forgive us, and he and I genuinely mean it when I say this. He is a superstar horse. He's a hyper horse for it to go around at ten dollars, and I know it was a class field, but. Some of these horses that were shorter than him in the market just shouldn't have been the case. So a few of the boys made cash. So good to see. Very nice. We'll flip over to Flemington. There was a couple of really good results there. Um, I think the first one I want to talk about is Amelia's Jewel. She just cruised. So oh. it was busy. That was a six out of 10 effort from her. Like she didn't even, she didn't even have to leave third, second, third gear. Like she genuinely gave a six out of 10. She put that field to bed at the, probably the 500. I reckon she had that race one. Didn't Frosty just sit there quiet as a church mouse? He just sat with that three-wide cover, sat there like a statue, and she was always going to win. The Moody horse on the inside gave a bit of a kick, but you were just never concerned at any stage, were you? She just travelled in three-wide, got the slingshot off the bend, and she's just way too good for them. And I said in the potty before, Ned, if they can't beat her first up over 1,400 without fitness on her side, good luck beating her for the rest of the prep. She will go on, and I mean it when I say it, she'll be very close to winning a Cox Plate and potentially that mare's race on the last day of uh, the uh, the stakes. You got a, a, The only thing I would say about her is she has a very one-dimensional racing pattern. And if she strikes a track that is a little bit track biased towards leaders, she strikes a really bog-heavy track or something like that, which we have seen in some springs in the past, that might be mm. the only chink in her armour because she does always get so far back. But fuck, she is very good. You can sit back and just pick where you want to go with her, can't you? Yeah, 100%. And obviously, last one we want to cover, he's probably the best horse in the country at the moment, Mr. Brightside. He's just, he is the most simple horse you've seen. Like, he just sits two, three back every race, watches it all unfold. He can go a little bit quicker through the midsections if he has to. He's sort of, he's a real tradesman-like operator that just keeps winning. Like, he doesn't Mm. have that. He doesn't have that flashiness about him. Like even on the weekend, he had his tongue out the side of his mouth. Like he's just a real, he gets his hands yeah. a little bit. And I think Willow actually really suits him as well. Definitely. And and hats off to Willow. They, uh, they of course, we're going to bring up the gig issue straight after the race. And um, he was up there on Channel 7. I thought he handled himself really well and just thanked everyone for the support that he'd had throughout this. And, you know, pretty harsh to sack a jockey of his calibre off one run like that. But, it's a very fickle game, as as we know, Ned. So, you know, there's a lot of money involved and that sort of thing happens. But um, I agree with you, mate. Willow just handles himself really well and he does suit this horse. And he's just, he's going the best in the country at the moment, isn't he? It's hard to knock what he's doing. And he just puts himself in the race, sits one out, one back and just rinse and repeat. 100%. Great things back in for him for the entire preparation. Obviously, we see Alligator Blood who ran second and made up the Quinella um, on the weekend. He goes around in the Underwood this weekend, which we will cover. Um, Phenomenal. Well done, mate. It was a really, really good weekend on the tip. I think the three or four ten dollar shots were a real highlight for me and massive credit to yeah. you for finding plenty of those. So well done. Super super weekend, mate. Really happy. 
Um, we're going to kick off in Rose Hill this weekend. We've obviously got the Golden Rose, which is one of the bigger races in Sydney across the Spring Carnival. Um, it's for the three-year-olds. It's across, It's over the 1,400-metre mark, and we've got a couple of other races as well. So we're going to go from race six through to race eight there, and then we're going to flip over the page and go to Caulfield. We're going to do races six to nine. Starting in Sydney, Jacko, talk me through this rail because mm. it's been very hot and windy weather here. It has. They've posted a good four at the moment, but we know in Sydney what they do with the hoses and the sprigglers. So, yes, a lot of people would be expecting an upgrade, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it hold in that good four range just based on the weather we've had at the start of this week. It's obviously very hot. It's been really windy today, and there's no rain predicted for the rest of this week. So I'm expecting them right now to be out there with the fucking hoses out with the fire brigade backed up. Um, rail's in the plus two position, Ned. So... Only, only marginally um, wider out, and I still expect horses to get all their chances at Rose Hill. Let's kick it off. Race six, 1,400 metres, the golden pendant. Um, we've obviously got top of the market, Espiona, $2.50. Zoo Gotcha's there at three ten second line. A tissue's there, 5 bucks. Then we got double figures. Banana Queen, $12. She's a belter, $13. More Secrets, 18 Diamond Dealer, 23 And So Dazzling, first up, is $91. Diamond Dealer goes forward, Ned, from the paint with Banana Queen to go with to sit in, sit on its outside. Zoo got you up to the 1,400 now, can settle closer. I don't think Espiona needs to go back to last like she did first up. And I think she, from three, can actually have a few options there and potentially sit potentially fourth and fifth and probably doesn't have to be last. And I'm back in her, Ned. I, I know there's three wallet mares that are all in the market and all of them could win, let's be honest. And I know she's the shortest of them. I just can't ignore the fact that Nash rode a tissue in all of her four starts last prep and he elected to ride Espiona first up um, in that mare's race. It was won by Sunshine in Paris. Espiona was absolutely rattling through the line, as was a tissue. But I just think on a dry deck, 1,400 metres, this is Espiona's time. I think Zugotcha probably wants a little bit further and same with the tissue as well. And both of those horses are more advantaged with their foot, the, the sting out of the ground, I should say. Whereas Espiona, she's a dead set dry tracker. She absolutely charged home and she still gets that head on the side a little bit, doesn't she, Ned, when she travels through the line and she's still got that sort of quirkiness about her. But I think Waller's got her in the sweet spot now and the, the booking of Nash um, just screams in turn for me. I think she wins this at 250. I think 1400 is the big key for her, to be honest, against the other rivals. Like, you look, as you said, a tissue's got you. They're probably looking for mile plus now, whereas Espiona, she's had five wins. Three of them have come at 1400. So you'd have to mm. think this is probably going to be her best. I thought her late splits were really, really good as well in that race. And for me, 250 and 310 between Zugotchi and Espiona is not a big enough discrepancy for where the two horses are at. Like the, for me, that Sunshine in Paris is seriously one of the best mares we've got over these shorter sort of middle distance trips. And I thought obviously a fantastic effort to win that race. Espiona was really good in behind her. So happy to roll with that form. The only thing I'll say... Rose Hill worries me when it's a good three. Like, mm. it's going to be hot. Like, the leaders track, Mooney Valley, always leverage. Rose Hill is very often, when, especially when it's in that yep. really hot, good three, good four range, the rail is usually pretty warm. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's never a disadvantage at Rose Hill to be on the speed on a, a dry deck. I think with the sprint trips, 1,100, 1,200 metres is where you really see the on-paces advantaged. I think once you get out to 1,400 away from the shoot races, a lot of horses start to get their chances from there. So it does depend on the distance for me. Cool. I hope you're right. 
Um, race seven, fifteen hundred meters. It's the Ned Whiskey Shannon Stakes. Waterford top of the market three dollars ten. Cepheus is four sixty. Cross Talk is there for Gay and Adrian at five dollars fifty. Kerwin's Lane second up eight dollars fifty. Williamsburg ten dollars on the double figure line with Flying Crazy. New Mandates fourteen bucks. Lions Rory's eighteens. Magical Lagoon is thirty five bucks. Commando Hunt sixty sevens. Byron Bell Sergeant two hundred and one bucks. Cross Talk goes forward. Waterhouse and Bot Magical Lagoon to go with. I think Lions, Roy, and Seathis are the other two that can uh, be positive and sit third and fourth. Byron Bell and Kerwin's Lane not too far away. Bit of a nothing race um, for me, this one. Ed, I'm probably one where I'm going to sit back and assess, and hopefully there's a track pattern that we've uh, established by this time of the day. I know you're keen on the favourite. I'll let you touch on it. I just think I need to work around it this week. Um, back to your previous point around horses getting back, and it's probably going to be a leader's day um, on Saturday, let's be fair. I just think I want to work around Waterford. I know it was a big run first up. I am going to have a small play on Cepheus. I'm just going to follow Nationet if you haven't followed yet. Um, but this horse was, was you know, he was okay with 60 off a of freshen up last time out. Now gets a little bit down in the weights. And I'm not massive on the weights. But when you get out, you know, above the sprint trips, it does tend to play a role. Um, and further back to that two starts back over the mile, it was a good win in the Grafton Cup beating Kerwin's Lane home. Um, so I thought that was a good run and, and happy to back up now up to 1500 with Nash. The market's identified it, so it's a bit skinny, so I'll be playing small. The saver for me, Ned, is Damien Lane's Mount uh, Lions Raw. Two trials were okay. It didn't do a whole lot, but it's not a noted trialer and doesn't look to do a whole lot in work. Last time, first up, um, last prep, was two and a half behind Animo and the George Ryder, and he was on the inside part of the track um, that day. And beat a couple of smart ones home, including Golden Mile and Kerwin's Lane, who lines up in this in this race. So I think the first up form is okay. And the price of $18 is pretty attractive for me. I probably think maybe second and third up, we're really going to see his peak. But I think he can be competitive in what's, you know, looks to me as a pretty weak event. Fair enough. Good track as well. That's probably the big tick there. Mm. Like a lot of wet tracks last preparation. Waterford for me, $3.10 is an attractive price. It opened to 80 It's out to $3.10. This horse is a genuine Rose Hill specialist. You have a look, um, track six starts for three wins, a second and a third. And then you look at the distance as well, that 1500, 1600 range, five starts for three wins as well. I thought the first up, let's go back to last preparation, probably not where we thought this horse was going to get to. I think there was a point where it was a nine, $10 chance in an Epsom or a Doncaster or something. They thought it was going to be a really special horse. He's obviously not going to get yep. to those heights, what they thought originally, but I think to come back and run a really good third over 1,300 first up tells me that this horse is actually probably ready to win here second up 1,500. I don't think this race bat's deep at all. I think Crosstalk's a genuine wet tracker. Um, mm-hmm. It's $5.50. Cepheus is probably the one, as you mentioned, but the market's identified. I just think Rose Hill, 1,500. I'm, I'm pretty firm on Waterford in this. Yeah, I can't knock it. It's obviously Waller and, and down in the weight, so there's a lot to like about it. Oh, and final point to add to that as well. Half a length behind it, the inevitable and golden mile to me reads as pretty good form for this as well. Yeah, and we're finishing off hard. Good closing sectionals out of that race. Final race we're covering in Sydney is obviously the big one. It's another 1,400-metre race. It's the Kia Golden Rose. And look, usually the build-up to this race is a little bit more grand, I reckon. Like, I don't know, I feel like the last few years leading into this, it's been, you know, your Animos, your In the Congos, um, even like I think about Trapeze Artists in that that sort of field. It doesn't have the that autumn sun. About it. 
yeah, don't forget him. One of the greatest days of my yeah. life. It doesn't have that feel about it this year where, like, there's a genuine superstar. I think there's superstars that there could be within it, but it's a sort of fourth yeah. field, and there hasn't been a great deal of build-up towards these. I, I suppose some of that is there's a lot of Melbourne horses in the race. Probably the best Sydney horse is first up. Yeah, it's just an interesting setup leading in. It is. It is. It's obviously got a lot of depth quality-wise, but I agree with you. There's not that breakout star that we've already seen that's had those two or three starts already. I think had Shinzo had the two runs this prep, you're probably looking at it being that star. And uh, we'll touch on it as we go through the race. But, yeah, it you know, you just look at the market. They start at $4.50 the field. So um, really interesting from that standpoint. It's over 1,400. Um, we've got top of the market cylinder for the Godolphin Blue. Look, two two in a row. $4.40, probably fair enough. Shinzo first up here. Ryan Moore actually comes over for the ride for Waller. So huge booking, $5.50. Frosty, Charmstone, Gate 1, two in a row, $5.50 there. King Colorado's there at 6 bucks, as well as Militarize. NCAP, $10. Moravia is 14s. Rafa, Rafael Nadal is 27 bucks for Marin Eustace. Butch Cassidy, 35s. Don Corleone is $41. General Salute, 46 And snap back. $81 to round them out. Moravia and Snapback are probably the two that go forward and control this. There is speed outside of them, though, including Cylinder, Butch, Cassidy. I think Charmstone can go a bit positive from gate one. She obviously sat three wide last time on the speed at the Valley. And King Colorado is the other one as well, and that's the horse I want to start on, Ned. I know you've got an opinion of it as well. I just love this horse staying at the 1400. It got all the way up to 1600 for the JJ Atkins as a two-year-old. So you know it gets this um, it gets this trip quite comfortably. But its first up run uh, behind Fangirl in that Wink Stakes, I think it was the Group One, was absolutely enormous. And it was a it was a dead set horror watch with Louise Day aboard that time. Never got clear running until the race was all over, and she basically took it easy on the horse going through the line. It ended up being over two lengths the margin in the end. But like if she if if he ends up finishing one length from Fangirl, it's going to start favoured in this race. I'm I'm fairly certain of that. But now we get the close to seven dollars for it, and you get the senior jockey booking now of Jason Collett going on board. So the fact that this horse, you know, it's going to handle the pressure of a hot fourteen hundred meter race, which Golden Roses always are, and it's going to get that lovely run probably just in behind the speed. Hopefully not three wide. It's the absolute starting point for me. I'm going to be backing it. Couple outside of it, Ned Charmstone. You get that jockey and trainer combo that's come back for the scene of the crime. This is obviously the uh, the Jack and O partnership last year. They've come back and they've got another horse that's hard in the market and a horse that loves the good track. Uh, good tracks. So Charmstone is definitely a chance for me. I have to respect her, especially coming from gate one. As I say, she travelled three wide um, at the Valley last time out and was just still far too classy for them. She has to be respected. And NCAP staying at the 1400. I've got a theme of sticking with horses at the trip that I know there's no question marks about them at all. It's a horse I want to save on around the $10 mark and could be the KO. I'm with King Colorado as well. I thought despite all the traffic, it was in behind in a wait for age group one race by Fangirl and the likes. To finish two lengths is just an unbelievable effort. Um, and then obviously now back to three-year-olds, 1,400 metres, as you mentioned, gets Collet. I think $6 is just a fantastic bet. I wouldn't be surprised if they... They come for this one. Like you look at the question marks around the other horses that are ahead of it. Shinzo's first up. We're not really sure. Like it's going 1,400 and then back to 1,200 for an Everest. That's the plan. So what's the intent here? Is it just a real gut-busting fitness run or are they actually out here to win? Charmstone, 
one Phillies won in the last 47 years, this race. So I just, until that gets changed, I'm not going to be doing it. And Cylinder for yeah. me hasn't shown me enough to say, yep, yeah, you should be the favourite in the Golden Rose. King Colorado just, for me, is the one that I've ended up landing on. So $6, I think it's a good bet. Um, I liked Militarized first up. I thought it'd run well, and I thought it was a pretty sound fifth, to be honest. Now 1400 yeah. gets his good mate Joe back as a partner. I'm going to have to have something on him as well. He's a super, super classy animal. And as you mentioned, NCAP as well. I think $10. When you've got $6, $6.50 and $10 as my three horses I like, I'm going to find a way to get something out of all three. Yeah, definitely. Just on Militarize, obviously a super classy horse. My only concern with him is I don't know if he's ticked that hard dry deck box yet. I just think he probably wants the sting out of the ground, and we saw that as a two-year-old. And who knows with this Shinzo net, it, it could come back and be the next animo, and it could be too good for these. It may just win first up after winning the slipper at 1,400 in the Golden Rose and then go straight to an Everest and probably win that too. But who knows how good this thing is. And he, he, Waller has done this with a horse like, yes, 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 who you look at. Like he did the 1,400 and brought it back for an Everest and you just saw the success there. So if he yeah. runs well, there's nothing to say. He wouldn't be a, a very good chance in Everest as well. Um, Definitely. Let's flip over. So let's go to Caulfield. Let's go to Melbourne. I should quickly mention as well, I'll be there on the weekend. I'll be at Caulfield. So if you're down there and around, I don't feel my mates. There's 25 of us attacking Melbourne this weekend. So... <laughs> You see 25 pissed idiots in fucking white t-shirts. You know exactly who it is and who's a part of it. But um, yeah. other than the track, other than, sorry, the grandstand antics, what's happening on track, Jacko? What's the rail doing? Rail's plus six, Ned, so it wouldn't be too far away from you blokes in the grandstand. <laughs> um, it's, it's a good four as well, and it's fine weather predicted at Caulfield. Obviously a bit chillier than Sydney. Um, and I'll be down there as well, mate. May not make it out to the track, but I'll definitely be at Flemington on the Sunday. Um, got one running out there, so I might send a tip out to the boys that, for, for Sunday. That, that's disappointing from you. I oh, know, mate. I'm with the missus, and to drag her through two days of uh, of uh, racing is probably a bit harsh. But in saying that, wherever we go, I'm going to be on the phone, aren't I, every two minutes checking all the fluctuations and the, you know, yeah, well, to be honest, it's a good point. So maybe I might bring that up, mate. Let's uh, let's make sure this is all recorded. Um, but yeah, look, Rail Plus Six at Caulfield. It's been it's been playing pretty well. And then I thought since they've um, torn it up earlier this year and it's come back only a couple of months ago, I've been pretty happy with the way Caulfield's been playing. And especially with even Flemington looking a little bit leaderish over the last couple of meetings. And obviously we know what Mooney Valley is. I think Caulfield has, has played nice and fairly and all... Uh, runners, including the back markers, have got their chances. So I'm excited for some good racing on Saturday. Let's kick it off in race six. So we've got 1400 meter affair. Jeez, we're loving a 1400 meter this weekend. It's a Testarossa, yep. um, top of the market, $2.05 is amenable. Here to shock is there at five bucks. Bandersnatch is six. Corner pocket there for Lindsay Smith is $7. And we've got a pretty big gap. So Savannah Cloud is there third up, $16. Ungawa, 17s. Banker's Choice is 19 bucks. Buffalo River, the big fella. Gee whiz, hasn't run a drum for a long time. $41 there for Celine Gordray and Maroney. Red Sun Sensation, 71 bucks to round him out. Buffalo River, your mate, goes forward, Ned, and ensures this is a genuine tempo. Corner pocket now second up can go forward and probably sit on Buffalo's outside. I think Bandersnatch uses the inside barrier to sit close enough, and here to shock has drawn a little bit wider out, can go forward as well. Savannah Cloud's the other one that's probably a speed influence as well. 
The one that flops out the back net amenable and just sits off this hot tempo, I just think takes care of this lot. I know we're not getting any favours with the price, but it's third up now. It stayed at 1,400 every trip. It was a massive blitzing run first up where it just destroyed them. Um, I know it was less than a length in the end, but it could have won by any margin it wanted to first up and was coming back off a, a little bit of a setback and just ticked that box straight away to say, yep, I'm here, I'm good to go. Pricing Kent then threw it in the deep end into the Memsey, second up staying at 1,400 and was absolutely charging home, got back again. Um, but that's that's just a, a much better form line than what we're seeing here. It is reflected in the price, so you have to take that short quote. And you also need to run the risk of Caulfield playing leaderish. But as I said um, before we started covering this, Caulfield's been playing nice and even. I think it'll just sit out the back and round them up and be too good for them. I think it's pretty simple. Amanda Ball, I thought that was a fantastic run in the Memsey. Even to run fifth from the position it was in at the 300, like just... Yeah, I'd be very shocked if he doesn't deal with this field well. I think Bandersnatch, the one coming out of the same race, is the probably the only danger. Gate one, going to get its opportunity to probably, you'd think it'll be in the first two or three, um, and obviously finish just behind Amenable in that same group one. So I think they're the only two that I could see winning, and I think Amenable's a very, very good chance. Absolutely. Race seven, 1,400 metres. It's the Caulfield Guineas Prelude. Um, obviously tough because you've got, all the classy three-year-olds up running in the Golden Rose. So it's not really a Caulfield Guineas prelude. Most of the horses that are running up the top in Sydney will come down and run in that Caulfield Guineas. But still, we get a good look at a lot of the second sort of grade three-year-old boys. We've got Stepardi, $2.70 top of the market. V8 is $3.90. Centrify, $7.50. Shelight, $10. Southport Tycoon is $13. Little Bro, $16. Rock Empire is there on the same line. Prince Zero, $21. Armed Forces at 26 with Snow Patrol. And some people call me. No one calls me, Jacko, except for Saturdays. <laughs> I'm the same, mate. It's pretty dry. Bloody uh, Monday to Sunday, isn't it? Very dry. <laughs> um, but the party, the favourite net, has drawn middle. I don't know if they're going to get that same setup as they did last time where it just sat outside the lead in a small field and just booted away from them. It's obviously a progressive horse on the way up and we haven't, we definitely haven't seen its top yet. But I think it finds a bit of pressure here in some people call me who's drawn just on its inside. Towards the bottom as well, Rock Empire goes forward with V8 as well, who settled nice and close first up. And Prince Zero is another one that can show a bit of speed as well. So I don't necessarily think that Stepati just comes across and sits outside the lead unless something underneath that doesn't step well enough. So with that being the case and that setup of a, a potentially hot speed over 1400, I'm backing up on Shelight now. I've been following this horse along, waiting for it to get to the 1400. It got itself into the, the top 10 uh, last 600 of the day last time out. That was obviously behind V8, who I'll touch on a bit later. But the last 600 of, uh, you know, top 10 again, the last 600 on a day where Benedetta, Mr. Brightside and Asfura all won on that day. That's a pretty hot card. And it suggests to me that this horse is screaming for 1400. It's drawn out the at the back and probably going to sit last or second last. But as I say, similar to Amenable before, sitting off a hot tempo over 1,400 at Caulfield may not be a bad thing. So I think at the $11 mark, it represents a lot of value. Definitely wants the 1,400 and Zara sticks, which is a big tick for me. And the other horse that won its race first up was V8. I would have thought off the back of that win, it was very impressive that they would have had a crack at the Golden Rose and, and really had a, a crack at the deep end with the best three-year-olds. But They've definitely placed it back in the lower hanging fruit. And um, McAvoy obviously thinks that this is its grade. I think it's really good placement and it gets a good setup again from the inside barrier. So I think Mellon will get it, give it every chance and be really hard to beat. 
I can't believe Little Bros is $16 in this race. When I look at V8 being second in the market at $3.90 and then Little Bros 16, 16 bucks, I just can't I can't really figure it out. But I'm definitely going to play. I've followed um, all through this preparation from first up and second up runs. I think they were okay. First up was saying to me, yep, yeah, I, I need further. <laughs> second up was saying, hey, I'm actually coming. I'm getting a bit fitter, but I still need a little bit further. And now we get a little bit further and we still get $16. So I think it's a good bet. Gate 12 is probably the sticky part. Like where does Mick D get to? He usually sits sort of midfield, maybe more back. Where is he going to get to in the run? That's probably the big worry for me. But you've got a good man in charge. So I'm going to take the $16. I'm thinking that this is going to be a peakish performance leading into a Caulfield Guineas. Yeah, definitely. I think with the market, I, it, they just love a horse that maps close to the speed and looks to get an ec economical run, which V8 will. So that's obviously what they're looking at there. And what about this favourite now? Are we just disregarding it and letting it go or are we paying it some level of respect at the prices? Um, respect for what it's done, but in terms of just just keeps on winning. But I just yeah. can't take 270 for this horse. I just... I don't know. I've been on. I was on last week, uh, two weeks ago when it did win at the Valley, but I don't know. I think compared to horses, even like V8, who is a little bit more proven than it's the Stepardi itself, I'm, yeah. I'm sticking around. I'm around. I don't, no. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, V8, looking back to last prep, has got a fourth in the size produce. So yeah. it's it's been up there with some of the best around. So I think yeah. it's well-placed. 100%. I'm definitely steering clear of Stepardi for sure. Um, race 8, 2,000 metres. We've got the Foundation Cup. Floating Artist is $4. Barkley Square is there, $6.50. Goldman, $7.50. Barkley. Barkley. Alaskan God is $8. Future History, $17. Oh, sorry, $10. Gate, $17. The Summit, $14. He's a shocker. Well, we are. $17. Bear Story, $20 with Milford. Emissary is there. Obviously, the Cup Bridesmaid from last year, $23. Probably looking for a similar preparation this time in. Uncle Bryn, 26. Regal Power, 31. Virtuous Circle, Jacko's son, is $41. Darshan Sweet Jr. is 46 with She's It. Shiraz, Hasta Labor, Timor, and Rio are all there at the bottom. Speed from out wide here, uh, Ned, with Goldman and Future History to go um, and whip across from the outside. She's Fit can set a little bit close up to the 2,000. Floating Artist and Bear Story are probably the other two. I think the summit can also show a bit of speed from two because there's really no speed on its outside and no speed from its inside in Rio and uh, may even come into the one depending on scratchings. Virtuous circle, Ned, you touched on. I just want to touch on it first. Obviously, my son, um, as you mentioned, but I think 40 to one up to the 2,000 metres is just building up nicely. Didn't do a whole lot first up over the mile, but just building up nicely and now out to an ideal distance range where last spring it was pretty competitive behind Barclay Square and Pericles. So... I know it's headed towards the Caulfield Cup and that's its real target, but I am going to keep a close eye on it. The bet for me, Ned, and speaking of old mates, is Barclay Square. Mm. I'm going to give it one more chance. And the reason I am, blinkers are going on, Ned. It was just a super strange ride last time out, I thought, from Jai McNeil. And he's one of mine. I think he's a, he's a very good jock on his day. I was just a bit perplexed by his placement. He had him three wide. Yes, he had cover, but he's a horse that you really need to get into from the six, 700 metres and put him into the race. He takes a, a long time to wind up. And that was the case, unfortunately, at the Valley um, third up. He still went through the line really well once he straightened up. But I think the big advantage for him is getting away from the Valley, getting back to Caulfield on a slightly bigger track, a bigger straight as well, which allows him enough time to straighten up. 
And as I say, with those blinkers on, he can settle a lot closer than where he has been. He's now fourth up. There's no excuses fitness-wise. I think he wins this net at, at 6.50. I'm going to be uh, having a very, very substantial go on him. If you want confidence, then just take that. If you like Barkley Square, there's your there's your ticket towards that. Look, I wasn't that keen on this race, to be perfectly honest. I thought Floating Artist was fantastic third up, third, fourth up. Um, looks like a real staying sort of type. I don't know what sort of distance they'll get to. I think they'll probably go Cups Path again, Caulfield Cup, Melbourne yeah. Cup, might be the plan. Um, Zara, Mar Eustace, $4. Two length win last start at the Valley. I think Caulfield probably suits his horse a little bit better. He seems to settle really, really well in these races now as well. So I think Floating Artist is the one. I'm not going to be having anything ridiculous on this horse, but keen to watch. It's a race where there's some potential. There's potential for a, a staying horse to actually come out here and go, all right, I'm actually a chance in one of these cups coming up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there'll be a fair few out of this going into the black book um, with targets down the track. Right, Well, now we're going to move over to the big one for the day down there at Caulfield. I'm looking forward to this because I haven't been live at a Group 1 Caulfield meeting before. I've never actually been mm. there. So I'm looking forward to that. We've got the Underwood. It's a big race. Obviously, last year, you have a look at that all-star field that they packed into about six or seven horses with Thunderstruck, Zaki, Brightside, these types. It's not quite that. <laughs> Let's put it that mm. way. A lot of horses mm. first up sort of building into their preparations as well. But there's still quality and I'm sure we'll find a bet. <laughs> Always, mate. Um, it's over 1800 anyway. So we've got Alligator Blood top of the market backing up from the weekend is $3.50. Without a fight, obviously after a massive Queensland campaign, $5.50. Tuvalu is there at $7. Sulcum after a brilliant first up win, $8 for his second up assignment. Lindemann's there at $8.50 with attrition. Right you are, second up, $21. Jewess is 23s. Richie Mwanga, $46. Nonconformist is there at 51s with Smoke and Romans and Bankmore. Duke De Sessa, $67. Alaskan God, 91. Luna Flair, Alan Kerr, and Vow and Declare are 100s plus. A horse that did run in this race last year, Ned Alligator Blood, goes forward. You mentioned he's on the quick backup. When there's sort of a barrier trial speed on the weekend over the mile, so he's going to be fit enough. I just wonder if he's battle hard ready for you know a solid 1800. He will find a bit of pressure on his outside with Tuvalu. Lindemann, my understanding with the tactics is they probably want to be dictated to and they're happy to sit just in behind um, and just tag Alligator Blood everywhere they're going. But that, that horse maps really well. Right you are can show speed from the inside barrier and Smoke and Romans uh, from the same camp can go forward as well. I'm very hot on attrition here, Ned. I've been following it throughout the prep. And I've made a good cash from the place. It was a, a pretty decent price last time out charging home behind Pinstripe. You know, just clearly the best 600 metres or last 600 metres, I should say, of that race. And, you know, a couple of strides past the post, he's a length in front of them. So he was absolutely charging over the mile. I think this is a perfect setup, stepping up to the 1,800 metres now, third up. He's rock hard fit. Mellum is sticking. I know that the barrier is a bit tricky from there and he's going to have to try and find that three wide trail. But Mellon's in a good vein of form at the moment, so I'm happy to put my trust in him, even though historically he hasn't been one of mine. But I've issued a formal apology um, and made amends on this podcast, so I'm happy to have him on side. About eight fifty nine bucks at the moment, Ned. I'm pretty happy with that um, each way all day for him. And obviously, Alligator Blood is just going to be super hard to beat, isn't he? He's just going to roll forward, control this. If there's no pressure on him and he just gets a picnic out in front, he's just going to be super hard to run down. 
I think that Ollie will learn his lesson from last start and make sure that uh, he makes it a genuine tempo. That he doesn't just stack them up and bring those other horses into play. That's not his go. Alligator blood needs to roll forward and keep them rolling. If you try and stack them up, you're bringing those horses with that superior turn of foot into play, which is not Alligator Blood's advantage. So I do respect him, but I'm going to be having a good go at attrition. He's an interesting one. And I like that the bookies have given us 350 as well, like enough to ponder on, but also not quite enough to completely belt him. Um, 350, it's interesting. I think the market, he's either going to really drift or he's going to really firm. I don't see him staying at 350. Mm. Pick whether this horse is winning the race or not winning the race by the time it's run. Um, yeah. This is a difficult race for me. I think the one you left out as well, which we share a little bit of an opinion on, is Lindemann. Um, had mm. excuses first up in the wing stakes, I think coughing and I had some sort of breathing issue first up. And then I thought second up was actually pretty good um, behind Navajo, Navajo Peak and Major Beal. Comes into this, looks to be on speed with not a lot of pace in the race other than sort of alligator blood. Tuvalu will be up there as well. I saw him as a bit of a chance at 8.50. Yeah, the horse scares me a lot, Ned. It's got a sense of timing about it, and 1,800 will suit it down to the ground. I mentioned that they had to do the donkey work the last three or four starts and be up there and actually lead. Uh, listening to Waller during the week, he's pretty happy to just take a sip behind alligator blood here and let it take it everywhere they want in the race. So Bowman aboard, definite chance. I'm just going to have something small on Jewess as well. Um, I think... Now, getting to this sort of part of the preparation, I think not last start, but the start before was a really good run. I think that was in the Wink Stakes um, behind Fangirl. She was really good. She sort of looked like she was promising to do something really big. Then she came out and ran over 1,600 again. And she's just not a mile horse. Like She's a horse that is really effective over 2,000 to 2,400. They seem to be sort of drip feeding her for some reason. So I'm hoping that stepping up to 1,800, Jewess will get to show her true colours, gets Craigie as well. Um, so I'm going to have something just a little bit on t- at 23 bucks yeah. there. And and we know she loves a firm deck, doesn't she? She, you know, basically up to a soft six, she's affected. Any, anything beyond that is, uh, you know, she starts to fall away. So, and you could make a case for a number of these. I just think, as we say, Ned, we can't back them all and we've got to single it down to our one or two. Now, something's happened. Oh, and first of all, lastly, before we go on to the next thing, Two great meetings. We've got group ones in both states. It's an exciting day um, ahead of us on Saturday. Hopefully we can go again um, in those metropolitan meetings. The best part, and I've mentioned this being the best part for a long, long while since we've been doing this podcast. You know, like Melbourne have decided to give us 10, 10 races now as well. Like Sydney did the 10 race thing about... Two years ago, they started doing it to just extend the day a little bit longer for us. Caulfield, yep. Melbourne have gone, yeah, well, we probably got to play catch up here. Yeah, we'll do it as well. Like eventually, Morfittville is going to have 14 races per day as well. Yep, yep. Despite that, despite whether they have 10, whether they have 12, whether they have seven, you always seem to find something for us at seven o'clock at night regardless so our day starts at 11 and it ends at seven regardless of how many races are at each metro meeting (laughs) and this thing is growing legs i could say it's magnificent and i could say thank you very much andy because it was four dollars forty on the and fuck me was i on 
Oh, mate. And as I say, Ned, the message just started flowing in. So love to see it, mate. I think it's really got a cult following now and we've been whacking away. Four out of five, mate. So we're clicking at 80% since the turnover of this season. And there's not much like it. This thing is an absolute phenomenon. So let's stick with the last, Ned. It's been working for me, mate. And they're getting later and later out at Belmont. 7.45, you should find it this week. So again, make sure you're vertical. Make sure you're upright. We go on red 53. Again, self-perpetuating, Ned, because this horse has been back before and it's been tipped as the best Western. It's not going to be 450, 460. I'm not mucking around this week because I couldn't find one at that price. And you know I mean that I'm not tipping the best Western unless I'm certain. Red 53 is very close to an M word here. I'm not going to drop it, but it's very close, mate. And I, I can see your face on the other end of the Zoom there. Just, uh, you know, reeling me in, reeling me in nice and slow. But red 53, Ned, is going for three on the bounce here. It's dropping back to 1,200. Pike sticks and it's got gate two. It's going to map perfectly in a relatively small field, only 10 runners. But two back beat Magnificent Andy, who's obviously come out and comprehensively frank the form. I think it's just an absolute blank here. I'm going to insert blank. It's an absolute blank. Um, it should be winning. $2.30 is value for me. Pike, to, Pike in the last, pretty simple rinse and repeat. Red 53, number two in the last at Belmont. You're worrying me, but I can't knock the confidence. And I don't think the punters can knock the confidence either. They're on your back like you wouldn't believe. Four out of five since the turnover of seasons. And the man just keeps doing things that you don't think he's going to do anymore. It's unbelievable. Best is West. And that's as true a statement as you'll ever hear. Mate, this weekend's a massive opportunity for us. But I do want to reiterate, this is not a weekend to double your bets. This is not what we do. We stick to our staking. You are no richer than you were two weeks ago. And I promise you, if you start betting like you are, you'll be straight back to what you used to be. So let's just Definitely. make sure we stay in control. It's a long day. There's 20 races. We're going to tip something in everything. And just a little cheeky one before you go on as well. Make sure in those races, so if you follow us on the gram, which is second again on the Instagram, if there are mm. races where we tip two horses, that's not your opportunity to get the dart out and try and pick one. Play both. Just play both. Have something on both. Definitely. Just. Yeah. Like, look at our Quinella strike rate over the last fortnight. And you only have to play small if you're having a Quinella. And more often than not, we're not tipping favourites in Quinellas. So the value's there. Just have something small on. And I agree with you, Ned. You, you don't go diving in this week because you built up a kitty over the last fortnight. That's how the bookies get their cash back. So be smart, guys. And. Just back your horses and stay within your means. Anytime, any place, over Zoom, in person. We're getting it done for the punters at the moment. And look, it's a very exciting part of the year if you're a racing fan. I'll be at the track on the weekend, as will you. You'll be there, I reckon. I'll see you at Caulfield. See you there, mate. Cheers.